0: By the baptism of Jesus' death and resurrection, you set us free from the power of sin and death and raise us up to live in you. Pour out your Holy Spirit, the power of your living word, that those who are washed in the waters of baptism may be given new life. To you be given honor and praise through Jesus Christ our Lord in the unity of the Holy Spirit now and forever. Amen. A reading from Luke, the fifth chapter. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, for now you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. We may miss it. But so many stories in the Bible happen around the subject of water. From wells to streams, on the seas, or needing rain, water is in and of itself something of a character in the Bible. It shouldn't be a surprise, really. Water is essential to life, and early communities had to contend with finding a reliable supply of it for everything they did. All the way back in the opening chapter of Genesis, we get reference to water that covered the earth. With water, that same earth was destroyed in the flood. Water became a sign of deliverance for the Israelites at the Red Sea and a source of nourishment for them as it flowed from a rock in the wilderness. The prophet Elijah battled Baal's prophets to see who could summon the rain. Spoiler, Elijah won. On and on, the theme goes from one story to the next. Water shows up. Again, today, that theme is present with Jesus walking along the lake of Gennesaret. You may also know this as the Sea of Galilee. Sea here may be a bit of a deceiving term. You may think of something ocean-like when you hear the word sea. Really, this is a lake, and a fairly modest one at that. Size notwithstanding, this body of water was incredibly important for the people in and around this region, and it doubtless embodied everything that water came to mean to people. We hear of Jesus' encounter with some common fishermen today. Simon, his partners James and John, and probably Simon's brother Andrew as well. They made their living on this lake, casting their nets to pull in a rich catch of fish. This fish would feed them and others and net them money to provide for their families. They may well have ferried people between the shores when the fishing was poor, like it had been the night before they met Jesus. Beyond food and commerce, this lake would have been used as a source of drinking water, a means of travel, and a method by which to clean themselves and those items they needed to care for. It may well have even taken on a spiritual significance as water perhaps would have been fetched for ritual cleansing. But this lake wasn't always a welcome companion. While it fed and nourished all in the surrounding countryside, it also likely killed and terrified many. This little lake is known for fearsome storms that pop up seemingly out of nowhere along the hills that surround it. Those storms vexed Jesus' disciples in some of their crossings of this lake. Likewise, when you live in close proximity to water, the threat of flooding in the rainy season is a constant unwelcome companion. The story of Noah's Ark and the preponderance of similar such stories in other ancient Near Eastern literature should bear witness to this fear. So this lake and water in general embodies life and death and everything in between for these people. We are just as reliant as Peter, James, and John on water, though our proximity to it has been mediated significantly. With plumbing, storage facilities, and other such technology, we are removed from much of the daily reality they knew. I came to appreciate this more in a previous congregation I served. There we had a great many farmers, And each of them knew the importance of water. While all of them could tell stories of droughts and the damage it wrought, they could also tell stories of troubles associated with too much rain. It can be as destructive as a drought. They taught me not just to pray for rain, but to pray for the right amount of rain. So likewise in today's story, Peter is frustrated by having caught no fish the previous night. But he's also afraid of too many fish. They may well seek his boat and kill him. There's a solution though for too many fish. Share them with his partners and others. Too little has its problems, but so too does too much. But that problem is an invitation to look to the needs of those around you. So today, may you have enough. May you not be overwhelmed with so much that you lose sight, get buried and lost in it all. But also may you not be frustrated by the lack of what you need. May you come to see that in Jesus you are given enough, and that when your cup overflows with the life-giving waters, that it's an invitation not to drown, but to ensure that your neighbor has enough as well. Amen.